Hi, I'm Rebecca, and this is my podcast, The Second Half. This podcast is about the challenges and joys we experience, especially in the second half of our lives. I'm hoping that the stories that my guests and I share will help you feel less alone as you face your own challenges and will make us all feel more connected as a community. Today on the show, I'm talking to Jenny. Jenny didn't want to use her real name, but agreed to share the story of her difficult and bitter divorce and how that experience has changed the way she views her life and love. Here we go. Hi, Jenny. Thanks for being here. Hi. Tell me a little bit about your divorce. It was something that really kind of defined your life right now, the second half of your life. Well, uh, I got divorced about six years ago. It was very contentious. How did it all start? Tell me how many kids you have and then kind of how um, your marriage started to end that, that led to this. Well, that would take a really long time. <laughs> um, I think I probably um, should have gotten divorced um, earlier, right. but I have we have three children. Uh, at the time that I the divorce was finalized, my children were three, nine, and eleven. Mm-hmm. Um, I have three girls, and um, I think that uh, the uh, basically the issues got the, uh, the 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 tension and the the issues that ultimately led to the divorce became much worse after the third child because I stopped working. Oh, interesting. So, uh, yeah. Were you working full-time when you had the first two? No, I always worked part-time, like a 60% schedule. Okay. Um, I'm an attorney. Okay. And um, I I worked my entire life. But after my third child, we had sort of discussed my not working because we didn't need my income, really. And... um, he was making significantly more than I was. And so I, and I was really wanted to enjoy my, uh, third, my daughter, um, especially cause I had her so late in life. I, she was born when I was 40. Oh my gosh. I don't even know. Um, I must've been 44. Okay. Um, right. A little later. Yeah. yeah. So, so I, I was enjoying, her have you know being a mom and staying home with her and all of that and i was actually very happy Hmm. at the time but i was since i had not since i wasn't working i think he there was a lot of animosity and so during sort of the happiest time of my life he was the most miserable Hmm. and he um you know we, we were getting into arguments and he was saying all kinds of very, very nasty things. Um, and ultimately, uh, that's what led to the divorce. Yeah. And who said, did he say, this is it? Or did you say, no. I'm tired of this? No, we went out to dinner and we were discussing um, the children's uh, summer coming up. It was, right. it was in, it was in January or something. And um, I was, trying to schedule or figure out what camps they were going to do for the summer. I could tell he wanted to pick a fight the Mm. way that he was. And he said, with this scowling face, he said, I hate 
talking to you. He said, my family hates you. Oh my they, God. I told them that you think they're all losers. And I was so shocked because I loved his family, oh actually. Gosh. And I never, ever said that they were losers or said anything negative about their, them. He, and so uh, just like sort of a, well, you, it was a bunch just of, like a, a bunch of things went off. Yeah. Thing? Yeah. It was because he'd never said anything what? like that before. Right. I mean, he'd never said, I hate talking to you. I mean, he'd gotten angry with me before right. and he said, you know, mean things, but he never said, I hate talking to you. And during all those years of our marriage, I honestly felt like I was putting up with him. Right. Like I was staying with him, even though I could not stand to be with him. Um, I mean, even though most people were like, I don't know how you stay married to him. Actually, my friends were all like, you got to get out of this. He's not a nice person. But um, when he said that, I realized, you know what? All this time, I thought I was doing you a favor by staying with you. Let me do a, you a favor. And I said, you know what? I had no idea that it's such a a difficult thing for you to put up with talking to me. Mm. I don't want to spend the rest of my life with somebody who hates talking to me. I would like to spend the rest of my life with anyone who likes listening to me, you know, because right. I like to talk. And so I was like, and that I'm getting a divorce. Right. And the very next day I went and got a divorce. I mean, I went, went and hired an attorney and said, file this as soon as possible. They said they could file it the next day. They drafted it and they filed it. Um, I have to mention something else, which is that shockingly and mistakenly, I got pregnant about two months prior to that, and I had just had a miscarriage. And um, so I'm sure now that I look back on it, and after I look back on it, that I was not, even though the miscarriage was, you know, I was 46, I think, or some some crazy age, uh, and it was not a surprise that I miscarried. You know, I mean, I, I was shocked. It was the... I, that's a whole nother story, how right. I got pregnant, how, how this happened. Um, but but I wasn't, still... I at the time of the miscarriage, I wasn't unhappy about it. I was kind of like, oh, well, this is right. to be expected, you know? Right. So, but I must have been, it had just been two weeks before. Right. And so I think probably my my hormones and my emotions yeah. were not all. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. But it's, it's, that's a shocking conversation to have with your husband at dinner. Yeah. Ooh. I was so shocked, but he was so shocked at my reaction, hmm. which I'm like, you've never said anything like that before. That's like, to me, as mean as it gets. And also the light bulbs with his, what he said about his family, that made me realize that he, like somebody who was kind hearted and had the long term in their head would never sabotage your relationship, your wife's relationship with your family, especially given that I had no negative feelings toward them. That, yeah. I not, no, none. And I never exhibited them. I never said they were losers or anything like that. I don't, I realized that that it was came like built from up insecurity. Yeah. Right. He was very, very I insecure. I realized during that time, but to the point where he would try to destroy my relationship with right. his family. And I thought, well, that's it. You know, I mean, yeah. you know, he and I cannot be happy because he, if I'm happy, he needs to find a way to right. torture me. You know, I felt like and that was, you were saying an extremely happy time for you because yeah. you're with your youngest and yeah. it's just a baby. So how bad did the proceed, 
divorce proceedings get? Well, as bad as it gets. I mean, it, it, it because after the divorce, well, like I said, he tried to, he, he did the things that the worst people do, which is he got a restraining order against me because he didn't want me coming near the house again because he didn't, it was, I had bought that house and, um, we owned it still, both of us. Uh, so I, my attitude was, I was treating it like my house. I was still going back. I was getting my stuff and he didn't want me coming back to the house. He was afraid I was going to take things that were jointly owned. And, and so he, they got a restraining order. And then one day when I pulled up into the driveway, um, to pick up my, our youngest, who was three at the time, he took a picture of it and he took it to the police and he said, she's not supposed to be here. And so they arrested me and there was mm. a whole proceeding and I was almost lost. I would have lost my license to practice law. And, um, I had to go, you know, I was, it was a, Did a you, long I, I, criminal proceeding. Wow. Yeah. And then after that, he filed for full custody of the children um, because he felt like he could use the criminal proceeding. Right. Um, but of course, the court saw it for what it was. They were like, yeah. did she ever get out of the car? No. But this was a black letter right. violation of the temporary restraining order. And so therefore... Um, it, and you said you felt unsafe. Did you feel at any Well, he point? would try to come after me and try to take pictures of standing near me because I wasn't allowed to be within 30 feet of him. And so if he had gotten a picture, like within 15 feet, then he could take that again to the police and then I would be arrested again and then I would have he to go to the jail. the father of your children, you were married, yes, and yeah. all of a sudden this is what you have to yeah, deal with. Yeah, I always have. For one year while the the TRO was in place and then I had I had the criminal charge um a, a, it, it's called acd it was uh adjourned adjourned in contemplation of dismissal so that lasted about a year and during that entire year he was constantly coming after me trying to get you know trying to show another violation so that he could he could have the kids so that i could and then I, and i would be put in jail there's oh. no question i would have been jailed immediately that was know, so. he, he was trying to put you in jail yeah yeah Wow. And then what happened? How did you get So the year that? passed by, thank right. God. And uh, then after that, he tried to get custody just through, you know, yeah. using the, another means. And we had a very, very long trial. And and you have a baby. You have a little yeah, kid. Yeah, that's right. She's now. You had three kids. Yeah, but, she's now nine. But yeah, at the time she was three, she was little. How did that affect the relationship you had with your girls? Well, I think I was a, under a lot of stress, especially during that first year. Um, and so I'm sure that was difficult for them. Um, and then they were, they saw him going after me also. Yeah. So that, that must have been difficult for them also. Um, yeah, I don't, I mean, it's basically past us now and the trial has gone by and um, I think, you know, they, we have joint custody, so they spend half the time with the kids, half the time with him and half the time with me. And, um, I think that works now. It works pretty well. How did you, after this year and then after that, there was the custody battle. Yeah. Was that ugly also? Did that become contentious or? Yes, that was horrible. I was on the witness stand for three days during which they tried to 
uh, portray me as, um, you know, they tried to establish that I had alienated him. Um, And so it was, I I didn't. So I I think it was all emails and, and, you know, documents that they tried to pull up. Oh, you didn't tell him about this doctor's appointment. So, you know, and I said, yeah. The level of vindictiveness (laughs) that you have to feel as a spouse towards yeah. the other spouse to do this is is something it's yeah it's very, very dark it, yeah it's very difficult i think to know that anybody in the world wants you to suffer right. and is their main goal in their life is he's constantly thinking about and trying to take every opportunity to get me put in jail so that he could have full custody of the children and so, you know, I had to look over my shoulder all the time and have somebody like that, you know, there's stalker you were laws and now, yeah, that's the worst that part. You is that you loved that, at one and point. And that I have three children with. Oh, wow. You know, not only is this, a, you know, it's not some deranged stranger on the street who, who got obsessed with you or whatever and, you know, wants you to, wants to punish you for, for not going out with them, that kind of, that's the typical scenario. Mm-hmm. This is a person I have three kids with who sh- who should do everything they could to, Make sure that their mother is okay, you know, because yeah, I'm taking care of them. Yeah, mother yeah. of the children. So you went through that. How how did get how did you get through that afterwards and create some kind of semblance of a relationship with somebody who did that to you for the sake of your children? So we have no relationship. Oh, you don't? No, none. Um, all of our communications are by email. Um, that was advised to me by my psychologist and also by my attorney. Because any communi- direct communication can be, he'll take that back and say, oh, she verbally assaulted me or something like that. I mean, I don't go near him. So, wow. Um, so and we haven't spoken. Many years. Yeah. We haven't spoken a word to each other by phone or um, in person for now six years. Wow. Yeah. Every, all communications are by email and only. You have three kids with a ton of activities, a, t- a big yeah. life. Oh yeah, that, that's all. That's all. We communicate about those things by email, sometimes by text, but very, very rarely. It's usually by email, and um, yeah. And what's the schedule right now with the kids? One week on, one week off. And that is even in the summer. Uh, even in the summer, yeah. Mm-hmm. That is that was our summer schedule before. Right. And how did the kids adjust to everything? Did they? Uh, did they have a hard time? I think, you know, it is difficult to go back and forth. We, My ex lives just not even a mile from my house. So I think that's good. We both live in the same school district. Um, and surprisingly, there's another, uh, maybe five or six kids who have similar type hmm. arrangement right. where both parents live in the, in the, in the district and they live half, half. Um, in New York state where I live, um, the Split custody is, or you know, joint that they call joint shared. I think is um, very common. They lean towards that, you know, right. um, absent any sort of abuse or uh, you know addiction or anything like that. That so they it, knew other kids yeah. that yeah. had similar arrangements. Yeah, they did. A few other kids, right? So the uh, that probably made them feel less, you know, kind of alone in yeah, this experience. I, I don't know. It's it's hard, especially with lo- their stuff. You know, they're having to lug their stuff back and forth because right. initially we didn't have that schedule and it was a little bit more uh, uh, back and forth. Because you had a two three year old, right? When yeah. it started, yeah, three year old. And so, how was that process during <sighs> that time? That was 
hard. Yeah. yeah. During that time, we did a um, Monday, Tuesday schedule, and then went, I had the he had the kids Monday, Tuesday, I had them Wednesday, Thursday, and then we swapped every other week. Right. How did this whole experience change the way you saw yourself and this your life and kind of how are you going to move forward from that? So to me, uh, it was so traumatic that after the, that whole, I mean, since that experience, I feel like life is really short and it's almost like having, you know, some weird, you know, some hor horrible, unexpected death or, or something. I think what people experience in, in it, yeah. it was a, you know, it was a trauma. Um, I, uh, I just, you know, I really feel like I, I need to enjoy every day and every minute with my children and <clears throat> with my friends. And, um, you know, I work because I have to. And then uh, all of my other time, I try to make the most of my time in a way that I, I don't think I, I felt before. But I just feel like, you know, life is short. You don't know what's going to happen. Your kids are with you a very short time that comes and goes and you can't, yeah, you just have to make the most of what you have every day. That's, yeah. and I feel that much more since the divorce. Right. I felt that way before, but not, not to this extent, you know, before it's kind of like, Oh, you're, you know, going I, through the motions a little bit. Right. And your oldest is going to college. How do you make those big decisions for your children or the big advice, uh, in terms of your spouse, do you talk about those big things? Like this is the advice that I want to give our kids for X and Y and Z, because those are big decisions when they get older or do you give advice? He gives advice and you don't no. discuss it. So we, we don't agree on very much, uh, on very much, especially with respect to the children. So it, it is, it's, he tells them one thing. I tell them one thing and, and they, and, we basically both say we disagree with each other. Right. And I say, I'll actually say to them, and that's part, partly why we're not together anymore. You right. know, we have a difference of opinion. And so this is dad's opinion. This is my opinion. Did you, during the process, I don't know what he, he did considering the, the kind of anger and darkness uh, that he must've felt to go through that, do that to you. Um, but in terms of your communications with the girls, how did you express that to them? Did you, the way you talked about him with them, did you? Um, I tried not to talk to them about him. Or that process. Or yeah, how much I, I, I was told to tell them about the terms of the restraining order when it was in place because he, there was a danger that he would try to use them to make me violated. Right. So I had to tell them, you know, I can't go near the house. I can't, you, if you forget something, it's, you know, you're going to have to call dad. You're going to have to have him bring it over. And there were a bunch of things like that, that we had to do, um, for my protection. Yeah. So, I mean, typically but anger, you would, did you express that to them at all? How you, I didn't have anger. No, no, I would, to me, I, it wasn't anger. It was, uh, I, I don't know how else to put it. It really was trauma, more like sort of having a horrible illness and just trying to get through it. You know right. what I mean? Okay. Um, he, yeah. I just, but you, you didn't put that negativity and that darkness on the children at all. I tried not to. I don't think I did. 
I, I didn't have much sort of like, I'm so mad at him. I okay. never had that because I felt like oh, I just need to get through. I need to, I've got to, right. I've got to work. I'm, you know, I just bought a house and yeah. I was you just. You want to protect your kids. I mean, that's. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so now you communicate by email. Yeah. And the kids are getting older. What do you see as kind of the next stage once the kids, you know, uh, go to college? And what do you see for your life, this, your second half? Are you, oh. are you optimistic? Are you excited? Yeah, I am optimistic. I, I think um, I think they're doing okay, and I'm excited for my oldest to go to college. And um, I think... Uh, yeah, I'm I'm actually really enjoying my life right now. Good. Um I think uh I'm, and uh yeah. I think things have settled in a little bit, you know. That's a really interesting thing you said earlier though. And we talk to as I've I've done this podcast, one of the things that has been interesting for me because I had I had some uh trauma in my childhood, but mm -hmm. having a difficult thing in any stage of your life um, kind of defines you and defines kind of your story for the next half. And this, do you feel like this was the kind of the thing that is defining you going forward? Yes. I mean, I, I think for me, it, it, it was a turning point. Right. And I, I think that, I don't know if that's what you're asking. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's really my, for my life, um, you know, people talk about their life sort of pre-marriage, post-marriage, pre-children, mm -hmm. post-children, right? Because those are really, they're huge turning points in their life. For me, it is pre-divorce, <laughs> post-divorce, because it was, uh, com my life has com been completely different. It really turns everything up upside down. Your vision or the picture that you have in your head of what your life might be for the second half of your life completely changes. Yeah. And accepting that change must have been yes. difficult. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I see a psychologist yeah. <laughs> regularly. How do you uh, see love now? Because you must have loved him at some point when you got married and then this, you know, that... Yeah, you know, love has so many different um, meanings. I, I still, in many respects, still love him as the father of my children. And so that will, you know, always be there, I think. Um, I don't, you know, this is something I'm exploring with my therapist. I'm like, what? I don't really know if I'm capable of love, like meaning sort of like love for another person in a way that you feel vulnerable. So that I don't think I've ever felt. So I don't think that like, so for example, the, you know, if he had wanted to divorce me, I don't know how hurt I would have been. I, I like, you know, um, I would have just sort of felt like, okay, I've got to deal with this and let's figure out how to, how to yeah. go through the motions or whatever. So, uh, I just, I don't know. I have these priorities in my head, you know, taking care of my children, my, my mom and, uh, um, you know, work, you know, trying to stay healthy and all of that. And, um, and then I don't think love 
fits in there very well. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. I want to enjoy my life. I mean, love has so many different, yes. um, you yeah. know, colors and shades. And I feel like uh, I have a lot of love, I feel like, in my life Yeah, through my kids right. and through my, you know, my friends and my family and all of that. And sort of romantic love, it doesn't seem that important mm -hmm. in, you know, if you're, if, again, if you needed, if you wanted to prioritize your love, you know, or, or it just doesn't seem that important. You know, right. I think it's funny because whenever I, you know, go get my hair cut or my nails done or whatever, and, and the girls will say, oh, do you have a boyfriend? Because they know I'm divorced. And, and I'll say, not really. And they'll be like, oh, are you not meeting anybody? And everybody wants you to right. be That's with somebody. True. And everyone yeah. wants there to be sort of a happy ending and a, you know, um, a happily ever after. But I, I don't, I think maybe I'm, I don't feel like that's the direction I am going in. Um, again, it's just sort of like, again, living moment to moment. Right. And I know? think happiness is, it has all kinds of shapes and sizes and the yeah. way we live our life. When I was young, I thought the way to have a happy life looked a certain way. Yeah. And kind of the uh, I don't know, fairy tale, but you know, all the media, all the movies, all that stuff, all the, all the things you're told um, when you're young as a girl, I mean, I'm a girl, so I'm a woman. So when I was a girl, I told, I was, I think I, I internalized all these images of what a happy life looked like. Yeah. The older I've gotten, the less I believe that a happy life looks a certain way. It, it could be any kind of thing and your soul can be fulfilled in any number of different combinations of things. So, um, and I see people that, you know, from the outside, you would think that they have this happy life, but they're carrying a lot of pain and burden and other people that, you know, maybe other people think, oh, she doesn't have this part of that, of that picture or that part of that picture, whether they don't have kids or they've chosen not to get married or they're divorced. And they, you know, the, there are people that have incredibly happy, fulfilling lives that they've, that they've created for themselves. And, and I see that um, it's helped me really understand how happiness or fulfillment can look so many different ways. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. And that that's especially true um when you get older. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And the sec the picture of the second half, which is something that I find really interesting yeah. to explore. Thank you so much, Jenny, for being here and telling us your story. I really appreciate it. Okay, thank you. Okay. Bye. Okay, bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the show. I'm so happy and grateful that you're here. If you liked it, please subscribe to my podcast and rate it and leave a review. And if you want more information or if you have topics you want me to cover, visit me on Facebook or Instagram at The Second Half Podcast. See you next week on The Second Half.